Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday, February 21st edition of Pick and Pod. I am your host this week, Matt Costantini. I am joined by Christian Nokai, Jackson Heil. Uh, it's a beautiful day outside. It's 72 degrees on this February day. It's a little weird. I'm not sure how I feel about it. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, global warming at its finest, Matt. <laughs> not sure how you feel about it. I mean, I don't see how you can't be like ecstatic by yeah. the weather. I mean, I'm just disappointed because I know it's going to be it's going to rain and be 45 degrees for the next five days. So eh, I don't want to get my hopes is, up. Next week's going to be all 50s though. Yeah. So it's well, not, not yeah, the. It's a good sign of things to come. Spring cannot come soon enough. Just Ooh, like hurry. the resumption of the NBA season cannot come soon enough. This is basically our all-star break edition of the Pick and Pod show. Uh, games start back up tomorrow on the 22nd. Uh, let's get into all-star weekend a little bit. Um, we'll start on all-star Saturday night with the with those events. Um, the skills challenge just kind of happened. I guess we got to talk <laughs> about it. Because Spencer Dinwiddie of the Nets won, mm. which was kind of cool, I guess, showing showing the Nets a little bit of love. Um, Devin Booker set a new record in the three-point contest. I think he had, what, 28 shots made? 28. That's a little ridiculous, right? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, yeah, clearly. I mean, it, it broke a record, <laughs> but... Um, it's uh, the more impressive part was that Clay Thompson put up twenty five and lost. somehow lost. I think I think that this has been one of the, I I mean we'll get into it a little bit when we start talking about the game itself. But I think this was overall a very very good All Star weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Of course. I mean, listen. You know the the Team World versus Team USA was fun. Uh, and Team World blew out Team USA. Yeah. Oh, there's so many as, good, as expected. There's yeah. so many good players from like other countries like Lori Markin and all these guys my god it's so fun to see but but you know Saturday night festivities were good too and you know the all-star game was fun too I wouldn't say the all-star weekend as a whole was all that great I mean the game was phenomenal as we all saw but I didn't think honestly all-star Saturday has taken a massive hit in the last say 10 years so to speak it's kind of drastically taken a downturn in my opinion but I mean the listen the dunk contest is what it is I mean was it? It's it's only four contestants. Now, I, I think I don't like. But. I think that this was better than last year, but it oh, was no. not. But it has not been better than the previous ones with Levine, Levine and Gordon, Gordon going no, at each yeah. other. Even yeah. like I miss the days when like Dwight Howard would be in it. And, yeah, uh, I, you're right. I do miss the days when bona fide stars would, would compete yeah. in yeah. the. I I I live for. I obviously I've never seen it live, but. The days of Michael Jordan, Dominique yep. Wilkins going at each other mm-hmm. in, in the dunk contest, just putting up ridiculous dunks. But um, yeah, Donovan Mitchell, rising star out of out of Utah, won this year's dunk contest. Uh, I think Larry Nance may have got robbed a little bit. Uh, I, Mitchell went for that little bit of nostalgia wearing the Vince Carter jersey, just yeah. like uh, that dunk. What's was his, what's his name did yeah, the previous yeah. year? I for, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but uh, kind of repeating, honestly. Yeah. I think you know the thing is like there's been so many dunk contests. It's very hard to be original. It, you you had to kind of do the same dunks and stuff. But um, you know I think the best dunk of the night was Dennis Smith's, the one where he kind of put it between his legs and threw it down. That was really impressive. And the Donovan Mitchell dunk, the last one where he tried to reminisce over Vince Carter, it was kind of similar, but it wasn't the same. He didn't get the elevation, but but uh, Larry Nance's dunk where he kind of tapped it off the backboard and put it back. Yeah, that was. A- <laughs> That's the one where I thought he, where he thought I, where he thought he should have won, and I thought he should have won. But um, let's get into the actual game now. That's what we are all cared about this weekend. 
And going into it, everyone was a little concerned about the level of effort, the level of competitiveness that would have been shown because in recent years, it, there's just been no defense played. I know, I think that the over-under for this year's game was at like 330-something total points scored, which they hit, but it was still incredibly competitive because these guys, not only were they playing for charity, but they were playing for more money themselves. And I think that the new system of having the draft really changed this year's All-Star game because it showed how competitive these guys are and how they really want to win. Yeah, and I, next year they're going to have to televise oh, the better. draft because, I mean, that, that would just be phenomenal to watch. And there was a su- suggestion I saw on Twitter that you make the All-Star draft literally 10 minutes before the game starts. You have reversible jerseys you give each player, which would be... Would oh, be that's ton- a great that, idea. That would be that would be a ton of fun to watch, just like a good old pickup basketball game. But listen, the the, the All Star game is never going to be like an actual NBA game. I think that's pretty clear. I mean, and it shouldn't be. It, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be exactly. It's an All Star game. But I thought the way the compete level was at, especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, you look at LeBron James after he got that final stop. I mean, he acted like he won, won the title, another <laughs> title. So I, it was it was a ton of fun to watch, and the basketball was at an incredible level. I just wish you know some of the players who got hurt were playing like Porzingis yeah. and others. But but uh, yeah, you know what? I like the new idea where you know you pick your teams and stuff because because then you get you get a chance for like LeBron to play with guys like James Harden and Russell Westbrook. He's been to fourteen straight All Star games. He never had played with those guys, so it's interesting to see the combinations you get and stuff. And uh, they locked down the last shot there. I mean, Steph couldn't get a shot off. Yeah, think about that. They had LeBron James and Kevin Durant double-teaming Steph Curry just to make sure that they won this game. And that was not something that you've seen in previous years' All-Star games. Like no way. Yeah. I mean, you saw last year when Giannis was on the break. Steph just went on the floor and covered up. But come on, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, and I really liked hearing all the players talk after the game, especially LeBron James doing his uh, post game interview when he was awarded the All Star Game MVP for the third time in his career. Um, he was like, "Yeah, we, I mean, Steph and I got together before the game, and we were like, hey, we need to put out a little bit more of a, def- of a defensive effort to show that we care about this game and show these fans that, hey, we can play defense too. And, I mean, he himself said it. Who would have ever thought that an All-Star game would come down to a game-winning shot and a, game st- and a game-saving defensive stop? Yep. So that was really fun to see. Um, like I said, I, I personally think it was the best All-Star game in recent memory. Um, oh, by far. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think yeah. it's even, like, a question. I mean, the the All Star games in the past, probably since the turn of the century, have been unwatchable. Like, if we're being completely yeah. honest here, the last one I remember thinking like, okay, was good was I think it was 2011. That was when Amari was on the Knicks and he got on there. It, it was close and it was like Kobe and LeBron were going at it one on one. But the, every other one has been bad because it's been like 180 to 190. That's that's ridiculous. Got to play some defense. So Jackson, back back to what you were talking about about them uh, televising the draft and maybe doing it before the game itself, like immediately before the game. Um, A lot of people's concerns, or at least from the league office standpoint, was that uh, some guys' egos would be a little bit hurt considering where they would be drafted. I mean, when the report came out that LaMarcus Aldridge and Al Horford were the last picks this year, not surprising because they weren't that important in the game, and they're really, I mean, they're good players in, in the regular NBA, but... When it comes to an all-star game, you want to see guys like Giannis, LeBron, Curry, and all them play. 
how do you think that this would impact how the players view each other and maybe having a little bit of animosity in a game that doesn't belong there? I mean, I don't think it should affect it at all. I mean, all these guys are freaking all-stars. Like, it's not like they're, like, picking out of... It's not like you're picking a guy like Kwame Brown before Al Horford. I mean, in the end, they're all all-stars, and I'm pretty sure... Al Horford and LaMarcus Aldridge know where they're at in terms of they they, they know they're not going to get picked in the top yeah. two picks with Kevin Durant and whoever else you want to put there, Steph Curry. Like they're not at the caliber of player that they are. But listen, I, I I just don't think that. Listen, they all have egos, but at some point you got to put the egos aside and do it for the fans because again, that's what that's what they're pl- that's what the All-Star game's for. I mean, as as much as you want to represent these players in a great way, the All-Star game is for the fans and that would be the best thing for the players to do. It's fun, man. I mean, like the there's no need to get like hurt feelings. Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. If I had if I had to draft either James Harden or Al Horford, I'm going with James Harden first. Like, come on. I mean, just, yeah, I'm, just I'm, I'm with be you. Cool with it. Just be cool with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with both of you. It's a fun game. It's meant to be fun. If these guys have an issue with where they're going to get drafted, get over it. You're getting paid tens of millions of dollars to play a game for a living, and it's just guaranteed have— Guaranteed money, my Yeah, <laughs> guaranteed money, as we were talking about before the show. Just have fun with it. The All-Star game this year was a blast. Hopefully, it's even better next year in Charlotte. Um— so now we're getting into the obligatory local section of our show, Knicks and Nets, um, considering nothing's been going on recently. Um, let's just talk about, this will be a lead-in into our last topic where we look around the league and kind of talk about what we expect out of the last half of this year. Um, we'll start with the Knicks, because why not? Um Chris Osprezingis should be back from injury in a in a week or a couple weeks. I'm not exactly sure. Or is he back at all this you year? He tore his ACL. Pers- he, he's See, out for that, the that's how year. much I know about the Knicks. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> no, he, he could be out like he's gonna be out over like, like half of next year. Right. Yeah. Okay. My mistake there. Um, yeah. So what do you guys see out of the Knicks for the rest of the year without any actually important thing happening? I mean, look, honestly, uh, they just – if I was them, I would just lose as many games as I can and try to get a top – a top pick, like there's no hope for them. Just keep rebuilding. This do they own their draft pick this year? Yes, yeah. they do. Wow, so, good for them. Yeah, I know, right? That's first the one. Time that's ever. the one thing Phil Jackson did right was he never he yeah, didn't part he didn't. with any first round picks, yep. which is kind of a miracle given how much the Knicks gave up before he was there. So, mm. listen, I mean, you can't intentionally lose, but this team is so bad that they may just lose. They they might not win five more games the rest of the year. And really, I'm not exaggerating. Let's hope that they only win five games the rest of the year. <laughs> I mean, they they are they're horrible. They're, they're, they've yeah. lost eight in a row right now. Yeah, they don't have their best player. Their second best player in Tim Hardaway has been horrible since he's come back from that uh, broken what foot, it? It whatever like, it was. It's like a, a shame because he looked really good in the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah, and but part of that was also because he had Porzingis, and True. now he's the focal point of the offense, and he's shown that he hasn't been able to get it done. And I was never a fan of that contract personally, but I'll give him credit; he's he's stepped up earlier in this year. But overall, that they, they have nothing to play for right now except a top ten pick, and in, that's all you can hope for. In terms of kind of salvaging something out of the season, um. I'm looking at them to play Frank Tilakina a little bit more. Um, I think they have been doing that leading into the All-Star game. Just like, hey, why not? Let's see what he can do. 
Um, what do you guys see as the most important thing for him to continue to develop going through the rest of this season and into next season? Well, he's got to become a better shooter. Mm -hmm. I mean, the big the big thing of him coming is here. He could be a three and D guy at the very least, and his shot has been better of late. But in order for him to be kind of be develop into not I'm not going to say star, but in terms of a really useful player in the NBA, he's got to be able to shoot the rock because we know his defense is there. He's one of the better defenders of all. He's probably the best defender in the rookie class, to be honest. But mm -hmm. he he's got to get better there. And in terms of what I want to see the rest of the year, I want to see him and Moutier playing together yes. a lot because there's no reason Jarrett Jack should be on this team anymore at this point. And given he he was solid at the beginning of the mm -hmm. year when they were competitive, but. I don't think there's a place for him on this team next year or in the future. And you get him get him out of the line, I think gives Trey Burke more minutes. Mm -hmm. You get Moutier and Neil Kina, obviously. Did you guys like that Moutier minutes. move? I mean, it kind of went a little bit under the radar considering that he never really developed into what people thought he was going to be in Denver. Um, maybe a change of scenery helps him out? Uh, you know, it was weird because they already have Frank and they have Trey Burke and they have Jared Jack. But there's it doesn't... It, there's no rule in the NBA where it says you can't have a two-guard lineup. So it's good ball handling. Moutier is 6'5". He's long. He's athletic. He's a change of, he's a change of pace guard. He's you know he can get into the transition and he gets in the paint. And I think I think him and Frank, if they have a very competitive nature, which I think they both do, maybe they'll try to one up each other and it, it could help the Knicks out. But they both complement each other yeah, very well yeah. too. Yeah, and you know for Frank, the only thing I want to see him do is kind of be more aggressive because he he tends to. And it's not a bad thing that he passes a lot, but I want to see him get to the rim more and finish more strong. I think he has. I think he could be a good point guard in the league. You just got to keep getting better, and Moutier might help him out with that. Who knows? And honestly, one thing I I I think it's been clear this year that Hornacek isn't the coach. Yeah, no, for this team, especially with his issues with Joakim Noah. Did you yep. hear that supposedly they like got in an altercation? Like, yep. yeah, that's crazy. Apparently, shoved Hornacek shoved him, which caused Noah to leave the team and. I don't blame him, to be honest. I mean, if your no. coach shoves you, I mean, listen, Noah this has— This shows that, you, that the coach doesn't have respect for his players, and mm -hmm. if, when the coach doesn't have respect for the players, that is, in turn, right back on the coach. The players lose all respect for him, and then it just leads to a disjointed locker room, and mm -hmm. it just—we're it, seeing—I mean, the Knicks weren't really going anywhere this year anyway, but we're just seeing what a team that has nothing to play for, they don't want to play for their coach, will look like. And listen, Noah hasn't been the best teammate really since he's been here. I mean, anytime he gets suspended for drugs, I mean, that's yeah. That 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 already puts a horrible look on your resume when you are on the team. And he, he's he's obviously not the player that he once was, but I I do think Hornacek could have given him some minutes because this team needs so much help defensively, and at the very least. He helps you in the pan. I mean, the one game he really played at all this year was against the, the Pelicans, Pelicans, and yeah. he shut down DeMarcus Cousins late in that game, and they ended up winning because of it. So mm -hmm. it's it's not entirely on Noah, clearly. I think most of the blame goes to Hornacek there, but I'm not willing to take all of the blame away from Noah because he hasn't exactly been great since he got here. So let's move on to the Brooklyn Nets here. Um, we won't spend a lot of time on them because, like the Knicks, there's really not much to talk about. Don't say that's a Billy man. <laughs> yeah. Um, these Nets, man, what a what a weird team. What a weird spot they're in because, like, they're winning more games than they have been recently, mm -hmm. which is good for them and their young guys. But at the same time, they still don't have any first round, any high first round draft picks. Excuse me, because they do have some low first round draft mm -hmm. picks. 
Um, were we surprised that they didn't move any guys at the deadline for some for some either younger pieces or draft assets? I don't. I mean, I don't think so because they've already given up so many first round picks. I mean. If you look back at a trade and you say, wow, this is the turning point of a team possibly winning a championship and a team being terrible, it was that Brooklyn Nets-Boston Celtics trade. But, I mean, but for them, I mean, look, you have D'Angelo Russell, you have Okafor, you got to just kind of go with these guys. And um, you're right, they, it's just, man, that trade, I, I always look back at that trade and I say, wow, that is what, you should never trade for, like, 35-year-olds because that is not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have to like the direction they're going in, yeah, obviously. They're... I mean, Sean Marks has done a really good job since he's been here, and Kenny Atkinson looks like the coach that of the future for yes, them. Yes, yes. Uh, but in terms of the deadline, I was it was a tough market at the trade deadline because, I mean, you really there was no real market setter in terms of mm-hmm. a trade that can kind of, kind of get the market moving. But I still would have liked to see them move Joe Harris. I mean, I, I don't think he's... He's a guy, listen, he could be useful, but... I think if you could have gotten a late first round pick or potentially early second for him, it would have made a lot of sense to to get that for him because there's clearly no place on this team on this team this year for him because it's a lost season, mm-hmm. essentially. But I, you like the direction they're going and getting Okafor was a nice move for them. Mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell trade has obviously worked out tremendously yeah. thus far, and they're gonna have cap space going forward to try to to get a few stars. I know Billy Reinhart, who is a big Nets fan, has been all in on getting. Getting Booker or potentially Carl Anthony Towns here, but <laughs> I don't know. That's gonna happen. Good luck that. <laughs> Listen, they don't want to. I, I understand the thought process at the very least. They're friends with D'Angelo Russell, mm-hmm. and who wants to stay in Minnesota their entire career? <laughs> I don't know. Or, 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 I don't or know. Phoenix the, for that matter. I don't know the but, fact that Minnesota is a four seed and it's trending upward. I'd stay there. Or Phoenix for that matter. Okay, well, yeah, Phoenix differently. I'd Anyways, yeah. the point move. is that they're they're in the point they're at the point where they're not ready to go sign a big market free agent mm-hmm. star, but when the time comes, they're going to be ready. And I I think you can't really complain about the season they've had because Spencer Dinwiddie's been phenomenal, yeah. and they've definitely had some good pieces. You know, the best thing the Nets can do is just keep developing their players. You know, they develop Rondé Hollis Jefferson. He's a good piece. You have Spencer Dinwiddie. D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert. Yes. Just, you know what? If you're the Nets, just keep doing what you're doing. Develop young players, and hopefully you don't trade any more first-round picks. All right, so that's that's kind of enough of the just the sad story of New York basketball for now. Um, let's get into our rest-of-season preview, we'll call it. Um, before we do that, I feel like we should at least mention that Sports Illustrated report that came out about the Dallas Mavericks and the issues that they are having within their franchise um, with the with uh, some recent allegations of sexual harassment over the past decade and a half-ish. Um, it's, it's upsetting to see it in the league. You never want to see it anywhere. Um, so hopefully that is resolved and the correct action is taken against the team. Uh, any thoughts on that, guys? I mean, the fact that it, the fact that you mentioned it's been a decade and a half with allegations going on and nothing's been done is a complete disgrace to the Mavericks and anyone involved in that organization that's known about this but hasn't stepped up. I mean, it's this, it seems like this guy, Useria, I believe his name is, was a complete psychopath, if we're being completely honest, if these allegations are true, which they indicate like they are. So... I mean, that's that's it's just it's a horrible thing that you never hope to see, and it's hard to believe that Mark Cuban didn't know anything about it, which kind of has changed. I used to like Mark Cuban, and now 
my viewpoint on him has changed drastically. He did come out yesterday in a very hard stance against his own team, and he said himself, we're going to get this right. We will do whatever we have to to make things right. So hopefully he is truthful with everything that's been going on. He's not hiding anything, and that, like I said, um, justice is served for those who deserve it. But now let's get back on topic. The NBA season is shaping up to have a very good finish. There's so many good teams this year, especially out West. Um, And in the East, things are shaping up uh, to have a better ending than they have in recent years when it's been a two, three-team race. I still think in the East it will come down to uh, Boston, Toronto, and Cleveland fighting for that one seed. Right now, Toronto has a two-game lead on Boston, but I'll kind of start off with some teams that I'm looking at right now. Um, I don't think Boston is that good, honestly. Um, I agree with you. They looked real good early um, when Kyrie was doing his thing, when when a bunch of other guys like Jalen Brown, I mean... Don't get me wrong, they are a good team, but they are definitely not a one seed, and they will most likely have a first or second round exit, in my opinion. Really? Yeah. Wow, you guys are not high no, at all? No, not at all. I mean, they just ha- they haven't looked good. I mean, when Kyrie's off the floor, uh, I mean, Terry Rogier does his best, but he's not that good either. Um, yeah, I'm just not big on Boston. I completely agree with you. I love Brad Stevens, personally. I love his, I love his game plan. I mean, he's... He's got. He had Boston playing at an elite level defensively in the beginning of the year, and that's taken a little bit of a turn lately for the worst. But I think overall they'll figure it out at some point because they're they're too good of a team not to. With Kyrie, Horford, and then you mentioned Tatum, Brown, and amongst many others. But I mean, I think it's pretty clear Cleveland's going back to the finals again. I mean, yes, we've only seen a we've only seen a few a few of their games with their new Cavs, but I love the Rodney Hood trade personally. I, I Jordan Clarkson can definitely help them off the bench. And George Hill especially is one of the best shooters in the NBA. So I, I I think Cleveland will get back there. But if I'm choosing another team, I mean Toronto's been incredibly impressive. I mean DeMar DeRozan's having an MVP caliber year, which he just seems to get overlooked every single season he plays mm-hmm. in the NBA. And Kyle Lowry has found his game after a slow start, but that Toronto's really good, and Casey has done a tremendous job with them. I don't know if I could put my faith in Toronto, though, because anytime DeRozan and Lowry go in the playoffs, they seem to, like, I'm, fade away. I'm with you. <laughs> but, I mean, we've seen it in the past. Toronto yeah. has just gotten blown out in the in any playoff series they've been in, especially against high-caliber teams yeah. I mean, they took like Cleveland. Cleveland. A six ga- they took Cleveland to six games a few years Jackson, a few you, Jackson years did you realistically ago. think they were going to win that series, though? Like, it, it was kind of like... No, yeah. but again, that's why I said Cleveland's going back to the finals. Like, I, I And you had a grin on your face. Like, who do you think's going there? I think I, it's Cleveland. I I mean we can we can get a little bit into Cleveland if you guys want talking about how they just look like a I mean they're a completely different team. They look Let's like a di- completely different team because they are a completely different team. They brought in what Jordan Clarkson, Larry mm-hmm. Nance, George Hill, Rodney Hood. That's four guys, th- at least two in their starting lineup. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe less when Kevin Love comes back, but. It's just LeBron looks re-energized by yeah. these moves. He looks like he's playing a young man's game again, and he looks like he's having fun mm-hmm. this season, which which we weren't seeing it with the with the whole Isaiah Thomas drama with all Wait, with everything that was surrounding yeah. Kevin Love. It's really weird to think that. Uh, I mean, the joke the joke among my friends was that uh, they traded Kyrie Irving for for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance, in mm-hmm. in essence, so. 
you know, the the thing I you know I'm not a fan of LeBron, but I could always admire his game because no matter what, he's still going to be playing great. And there's 99% chance you're going to the finals if you have LeBron on your team. But you know, even with all the moves, I think they definitely improved. But if Boston, my thing is, if Boston can play the elite defense that they've been playing, I think they're the one team that could possibly beat Cleveland still if they can figure it out. Because, again, you have Horford, you have Kyrie, you have Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier. And if Gordon Hayward comes back, which probably is not going to happen, but supposedly he's shooting, but that's just an over-exaggeration. They shouldn't but, bring him back. No, yeah, yeah. They got to sit him down for the rest of the year. But but Boston, I still think they have a chance. I think they're the only team that could probably push Cleveland to 7 but my money is still on Cleveland, but I hope that that is the conference finals because, let's be honest, the last couple of conference finals have been lackluster at best. I think the first round is actually going to be like kind of interesting to watch yeah, this oh, year. Definitely. Like, for the first time in a long, in, since kind of Golden State formed their super team, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the original super team, not pre-Kevin Durant, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, when they became the ultimate team. Yeah, when mm-hmm. it, exactly, when it became the ultimate team. I mean, you look in the East, I mean, we have potential of Philly and Boston in the first oh. round, which would be a ton of fun with oh. Embiid and Simmons versus Kyrie and Horford, which would be some type of fun. Then you have the potential of Giannis versus LeBron oh. with a 3-6 oh. matchup, which is, what we all, oh, which is what we all dream of. Really. Absolutely. Hopefully that can turn into like a, a two seven because I would rather see oh see Cleveland God. higher up there. I don't. That's true. I mean, Le- LeBron said it himself. He doesn't care if he's a one seed or an eight seed. He just wants to make the playoffs, and then of from course, there, he knows what he can do. He knows what his team can do, and he's not worried about getting back to the finals. Um, you know, underrated team, the Wizards. Don't forget that John Wall's not playing. If he comes back with Bradley Beal, the way they're playing. Who knows? Maybe they make some noise. Yeah, they looked really bad when Wall first went down, and a lot of players were kind of questioning some effort and were questioning some leadership, especially on uh, Marcin Gortat's end, which was weird to see because I like he's a, <laughs> he's a he's a little irrelevant in my book. But um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, like you said, John Wall, he's an excellent player. He's an elite player. When he comes back, he can only make that team better. And the East is shaping up to be a fun one to watch. Uh, let's move over to the West. Um. It's a really, really good battle at the top with Houston and Golden State. Um, I guess the first question I have for you is, who finishes the year as the one seed? I think it's going to be the Rockets. I I just feel like they're, they've they got the momentum. And now, I mean, when you look at the seeding, honestly, I don't want to say seeding doesn't matter, but if the Rockets were the one seed right now, they play the Pelicans and the Warriors would play the Blazers. I feel like that's a good matchup for both teams. So I mean, I, I think the Warriors would have problems with with Portland. Also, the second, you really think so? Yeah. Oh well, yeah, Lillard and McCollum are good players, but they swept them last year, though. You know. I mean, I I think the big thing for the one two seed is I mean that would mean Golden State would have to play San San Antonio in the second round, which. But with no Kawhi, without Kawhi, Kawhi that's Kawhi not isn't an issue. Healthy, it's not an issue, yeah. but that could give them problems. Minnesota, I think, could give Houston a lot of problems. I think they could give the Warriors honest, problems defensively. Too. I, I think that team. Is dangerous if Tibbs has them playing defense at a I'm high a, level. I'm really big on the Timberwolves. The, I'm a, they're very underrated. The I'm a, oh I'm a huge Carl Anthony Towns guy. Mm-hmm. I think Jimmy Butler completely changed the culture of that team. He brought not only a very good offensive game, but he has brought an elite defensive game to the Absolutely. to the Timberwolves. And he's just show he's like teaching all these young yeah. guys how to be elite defenders like him. And especially coming from a Tom Thibodeau system that he knows well, he is excelling for this team. The one, and, the one problem, sorry to interject here, mm-hmm. but the one thing that could be problematic there is are they burned out? 
Because that's been the problem with Thibodeau in the past. Oh, I mean, yeah, Jimmy yeah, Butler's yeah. been burned out in the playoffs. Because he runs Derek his Rose. guys to the ground. Exactly, and it's been the same mm-hmm. this year. I mean, Towns, Butler, and Wiggins have played a ton of minutes this season, along with Jeff Teague. So that that could be that's the one thing I could see being problematic for them because you know Chris Paul's going to be rested for Houston. I mean, mm-hmm. he's only played half the season, even with injuries. He's going to be rested up. I would assume D'Antoni would find a way to give Harden some rest too. Definitely. I don't down the I I think he will because I don't think D'Antoni cares about seeding that much. Like he yeah. knows he's going to be a top 3 seed. Yeah. So why why burn out James Harden, why burn out mm-hmm. Chris Paul, things like that? Um what are some teams that are kind of flying under the radar right now? I know Oklahoma City, shout out Mir Gori, not here this week. <laughs> um they're they're in a really weird state right now. I mean, they've had stunt they had stints where they're on national television blowing out Cleveland, blowing out Golden State, and then they they'll have some down games. I mean, as every team does throughout yeah. a long season. But they look from being this unbeatable team that could sweep anybody to possibly getting swept themselves. Exactly. I mean, it kind of comes down to how they're playing at the time, which it does for every team, but more mm. so for Oklahoma City because. If they're in a rut offensively, I mean, you're going to have Westbrook, Mello, and Paul George all trying to take games over, which is not how they operate. I mean, mm-hmm. you, when you see them move the ball, they could put up 148 points like they did on Cleveland. But That's actually a really selfish, good point. Come playoff time, who is going to be the go-to guy? Because in his career, Mello's been used mm-hmm. to being the go-to closer. Mm-hmm. Paul George has been the go-to closer. And since Kevin Durant left, Westbrook's Plus, been the yeah, go-to yeah. closer. I mean, let's be clear. It's not going to be Mello. Mello, yeah. Mello hasn't been a good clo- Mello hasn't been a good closer since his Denver days. If we're being really honest here, he stunk as a Nick in Whoa. the final in <laughs> the final. He's minutes. right. In He's the right. Final yeah, yeah. Games Mello was non-existent. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're besides right. the uh, Easter Day game against the Bulls, that was literally it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's got to be it's got to be in Westbrook's hands at some point because you could also find Paul George off the dribble, which he's. I mean, Paul George is shooting nearly 50% on threes this year mm-hmm. for a reason, and it's because Westbrook's finding him wide open half the time because he's drawing so much attention. But the team I'm looking out for is Denver. Oh, I, I love say, Denver. I, I, yeah. I, I really love Denver. I mean, they have two guards in Murray and Gary Harris. Who, I think Jamal Murray is going to be a perennial all-star come two, three years. Absolutely. He could be. I mean, he he, he's, he could shoot the rock. He plays. They play defense. That, that was the big culture change for them. I mean, they need to play defense mm-hmm. because they can, and... If Jokic is healthy, they can. I think they're a candidate to get by San Antonio in the first mm-hmm. round. If Kawhi Honestly, is not healthy, I, I think they will. Because I mean, yeah, Jokic, can, Jokic can match Lamarcus Aldridge, and then he's it's a basically a machine man. He's it's 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 just a battle between. I don't think Aldridge support, can guard Jokic. Cast. No way. No. And, no. And, no chance. And also, mention. if they have to play in Denver, that altitude it it makes a huge impact. Like literally, does it's crazy. All right, guys, so that was our season wrap-up. We're not exactly a wrap-up, just looking at what the rest of the season will bring us. That is all the time we have for this week. Excited to get these NBA games back on. I was your host, Matt Costantini, joined by Christian Nokai, Jackson Heil. Thanks for listening. Come back next week.